Considering a buyer's agent? Visit edwardspropertyco.com.au. This is SEN Saturdays in the Southeast with Jake Edwards and Jason Matthews. It's all about health, wealth, and footy. Yeah, plenty of that going on at the moment too, health, wealth, and footy. Well, I've, I've been healthy this week. Jake Edwards, uh, hello, welcome to the show. You'll be happy to know that my snack food this week has been pistachios. Are they good for you? Oh, you're going from pizzas to pistachios. Oh, hang on, that's a bad claim. <laughs> pizzas have never been my snack food. We had it last my, week. My we meal talking about cold out of the fridge. That was breakfast. Oh, breakfast, okay. Well, it makes that, it all right then. Yeah, but that's a meal. That's not a snack. I don't know what well, you're well, doing, but yeah, well, anyway. Hello, how well, are you? Well, good, mate. How are you going, all right? Yeah, good. Good, good, that's good, good. It's a massive weekend of um, sport in the southeast. You got the big Q clash tonight. I know Q clash twenty four between uh, the Gold Coast Suns and the Brisbane Lions. That's at the Gabba. Uh, bounce down for that is seven twenty five tonight. Big crowd around about thirty thirty five thousand or thirty two thousand expected for that game. There'll be a lot of people heading up from uh, the M one from the Goldie. And I, I tell you what, I heard an interview with one of the uh, the Suns players during the week, and they're quietly confident. They are. They're, they're, I mean, they're knocking on the door to the top eight. But how do you how do you beat this Lions team now? They're going what seven in a row. Mm, they're going all right. But I'll tell you right now, the Gold Coast Suns aren't too far behind. I just feel they're just building, Jason, the season at the moment. They keep their blokes on the park. I'm pretty confident we'll be all right. But we'll catch up with Robbo, won't we? Yeah, we'll talk to that that crazy cat Robbo. Uh, we'll talk to him and get his preview of Q Clash 24. He's calling that for SEN. Uh, in fact, we've got about a two-hour pregame show of that uh, today as well from 5 o'clock with uh, Jack Fulham and also Vanessa Gibson, who's a who's an absolute lunatic of a Lions supporter. In fact, every time she does the news for us, and every time Dane Zorko comes in, I swear to God he's got to get an AVO uh, out on Vanessa. So, but she's a very passionate, crazy Lions supporter. And Jack is a Gold Coast Sun supporter. So uh, very interesting to hear those two on air. The Savo from five on SENQ. Hello to our sixteen twenty Gold Coast SEN listeners as well. Uh, in the way of footy, you've got Host Plus Cup action this afternoon, uh, followed by the Lions uh, and the Suns. We're going to talk to Prop Track Director... Uh, economic researcher, which is that's a big title. Cameron Kusha or Kusha will be joining us. Uh, plus, also what we're looking forward to uh, this weekend. You know what I'm looking forward to? What's that? Bugger all. Bugger all. I'll be back on SCN the Savo at twelve o'clock with Matt Rogers and Scotty Sattler. We're doing NRL Crunch Time and a Let It Ride show. So what we do is we talk about horse racing and football for five hey. hours. Hey, Jason, who do you follow in the AFL, mate? I don't think I know that. No, I don't want to talk about it. You know. Who is it? Swans. <laughs> That's exactly right. How are they going lately? Well, they're playing the Savo. It's a long season. Yeah. It is a long season. How's Vossi going at Carlton? Ah, uh, uh, here we go. <laughs> I tell don't you what, the start, way the, mate. Don't start. The, the way the Carlton supporter network operates, if he doesn't start <laughs> winning games, he's going to be on the chopping block, I tell you. <laughs> Is he is he in any risk or you know? Oh, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. This is the thing about the Carlton Footy Club. They just need to stick to the game plan and see it through, um, and give Vossie a bit of a chance. And big game against Collingwood uh, tomorrow at the G. Um, Collingwood are up and up and about at the moment. So get there. I think they're expecting. I think it's a sellout at the G. 
Tomorrow, I think they're expecting 90-odd thousand people. Yeah, uh, mate, Sunday Arvo at the G watching, yeah, Carlton and Collingwood, fantastic. I um, I want to talk to you a little later on in our health segment. I want to, I want to talk about the resignation uh, of the kangaroo coach this weekend and what this whole investigation that's going on, um, how Alistair Clarkson, what, what's, what's that done for him mentally and health-wise? We'll have a chat about that a little later on as well because – uh, he's just pulled the pin on the kangaroos, and he was doing such good things there as well, wasn't he? Yeah, it's a shame. Um, unfortunately, it's been very well documented, even on this station throughout the week, that the AFL just haven't, you know, got their act together. And eight months or nine months now since, you know, since it's been revealed about those challenges at the footy club, and we still haven't had the opportunity to get any more clarity on what actually took place. So, yeah, I do feel feel for Alistair, and having myself been in the media quite a bit over the last couple of years. I can absolutely sympathise with him with when it comes to the um, the outpouring of, I guess, journalism when it focuses on you without the right of reply and sometimes you got to sit there and, and cop what comes your way and it does impact your mental health, I can I can attest for that. So we can we can talk a little bit more about that later yeah, on. Yeah, we should because uh, I do like what uh, Fags uh, had to say. He basically put out a... A release, which I'm paraphrasing, but he just said he, he, he he's a wonderful guy. He worked with him for nine years. They've been friends forever, and he, he feels for his family. Uh, and, and of course, Alistair at this time, and I and, uh, hope he gets all the support he needs. So uh, we'll chat about that a little later on. As we said, Mitch Robinson, he'll be coming up at next. This is Saturdays in Southeast. Uh, it's all about health, wealth, and footy here on SEN. Considering a buyer's agent? Visit edwardspropertyco.com.au. This is SEN Saturdays in the Southeast. It's all about health, wealth, and footy. NAB AFL Auskick is back. Register at play.afl slash Auskick. This is Saturdays in the Southeast on SEN. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Jason Matthews and Jake Edwards here for your Saturday morning on SENQ and SEN1620. Uh, on the Gold Coast, no doubt, Jake, there'll be fans of both teams listening right now, frothing about tonight's Q Clash 24 at the Gabba, 7.25, bounce down. Cannot wait for this. I'm going to ask you, before we go to one of the greats of the Brisbane Lions, and they've had the captain runs yesterday and he's relaxing this morning, but it, it, it's not a ma- – I'm, I'm hearing stories that it's a manufactured um, rivalry. What, what do you reckon, Jake? Oh, in some way it kind of is, Jason, isn't it? Manufactured in a sense. But I think uh, the better football the Suns play, uh, the more these clashes are going to become with a little bit more uh, more intensity. And the Suns aren't going too bad, mate. So I expect a, a good fight tonight. Rightio. Well, let's uh, get the man on who um, this year is not the skipper. He's just having a great time running around when his hammies aren't playing up on him. Uh, Dane Zorko. Zorks, welcome to Saturdays in the Southeast, mate. Uh, thank you for having me, lads. Thanks for having me back on the show. Hey, Zorks, there has been a lot of talk, and it, it annoys me just as a, a fan of sport, and it must annoy you as well, that, you know, allegations that oh, it's just a manufactured, you know, uh, rivalry to get bums on seats. What are your thoughts when you play these games? Oh, look, I think every time we play them, the contest is always fierce, and um, I guess there's been incidents over the last uh, number of years where the rivalry sort of grown heading into the next one. They're probably the first one for the year because we obviously get to do two a year. Um, I guess 
a lot of people talk out, talk up about where we are positioned on the ladder, and there's no doubt at the moment probably both teams are going as well as what they ever have heading into a Q clash. So um, I think Jay hit that nail on the head. You almost have to manufacture these to get the fans excited and involved to get them to come along at the very start. But as the tradition goes on, and hopefully years down the track, it'll be um, you know just on a it's not manufactured, it'll be you know, a fair income rivalry like we see over in the West um, in the Derby and then obviously the showdown with Adelaide and Port. So we're a little bit off those sort of, um, I guess, vibes at the moment, but no doubt in time it'll, uh, it'll certainly ramp up. Hey, hey, Zorks, it's always easy to get yourself up for these ones, mate, isn't it? You know, against the, the local rival. And um, is there any, any plays, mate, who's the chirpiest on the field uh, against the Suns? Well, I thought you were going to say who's chirps on the field. I was probably going to say me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, look. <laughs> um, oh, it, ben Ainsworth always seems to have a few things to say. Uh, Nick Holman's another one who doesn't mind throwing a little bit of lip. But oh, look, I think it's um, it's all a part of it, and you know we both want to win so much, and we both want to just like those other teams that have rivalries, they want to be you know the toast of their town and. Um, there's no doubt that these matches are always close and um, contested and hard and, you know, things will get said and things will happen. But at the end of the day, we walk off, shake hands and, and move on. Zorks, you're going for seven in a row, isn't it, this week? Seven wins on the trot after a, a bit of a slow start to the season, getting used to new combinations. Um, how does it feel this year compared to last year? Yeah, well, there's a lot of new personnel. I mean, it's... Uh, three or four of the boys that obviously hadn't played any football with us heading into the season. You know, we thought our pre-season was really strong and then we came out and played Port Adelaide round one and dished up, you know, a pretty ordinary performance. But from there, we've, I think our combinations have started to work a lot better. Our football has sort of gotten back to what it's been in the last few years and and that's built purely off defence and, and tough contest work. And I think the last four or five weeks, we've certainly set up a really strong template that we can forward into our seasons, we understand what our best football looks like and we understand what our best football um, needs to look like to get the job done and week by week we're continuously growing on that. There's obviously things will change depending on opposition but the crux of it all is certainly there and um, each week we're, we're getting better, I feel. Hey, so, so yeah, you go. Sorry, Jase. Yeah, so, so just talking about getting the job done, uh, Zorks, yeah, Matty Rail and Noah Anderson have been going pretty well the last few weeks since... Uh, since Took and that stepped away with his injury. Have you guys got any game plans in place to, to take take on these two? Because I know rarely might, there might not be any grass left on the Gabba uh, in the pregame. Did you see that the other day, Jace? <laughs> no. Well, in his pregame, and they're out there warming up, he, he, he he's eating grass. <laughs> nice. What's the Gabba uh-huh. grass taste like? Is it different <laughs> to the Gold Coast grass? Is it any different? Uh, I reckon it would probably be the same. Just because <laughs> conditions in quite harder to grow grass, so he's probably had a taste of it. But uh, him and both Noah Anderson have been in fantastic form. Like their last month has have been honestly all Australian form. Like so, they've got a, a midfield that's without Duke still finding a way to get the job done. And um, especially Noah Anderson, his his work rate both ways. You know, we we talk about midfielders and. Um, their abilities to work both ways and they're really dominant and, and Noah's been able to do that as well as getting the job done inside as well. Like 
him and um, Matt Rowell's numbers are, have been phenomenal in there, and um, we haven't got a game plan to suck for them. It'll just be a midfield battle. Um, but yeah, there's no doubt that those two guys are probably two of the informed midfielders in the competition, and that's why Gold Coast are in such good form at the moment. Yeah, it must be must be good to see. A, I mean, probably not from your side this week, Zorks, but as a lover of the game, it's great to see a healthy Matt Rowell getting around on the field now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, his first season he came in and was so explosive and then obviously through injury he's sort of been interrupted the last... Well, not the last 12 months. He's been back for about 12 months. But before that, he, he sort of had a little bit of a stumble in his career. But I reckon it's sort of made him into an even better footballer now. I mean, his hands are so clean. He's ferocious in and around the contest. And one thing that I've noticed significantly in his game this year is his defensive pressure. He doesn't really let that ball just walk out of that the stoppage without giving up one hell of a fight. So that's something that he's added to his game over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, he's, the competition's better when, he, when he's playing great football. Yeah. Hey, Zorks, uh, come quarter time, okay, let's just say that, that Matty's had, say, 15, he's looking all right. Who at quarter time gets a tap on the shoulder and says, Oi, I've got a bit of a job for you here in the second quarter. Uh, who's your Who's your tiger? Uh, well, it used to be Joe Berry, but now that we've got Josh Dunkley in there, he sort of takes account of that that sort of match up in and around the contest. And um, I guess the messaging from Faze would just be to be just a little bit tighter around stoppage. Um, that's where Matt really gets his, his damage and, and his damaging disposals is in and around that contest. So um, if that was to be the case, then, yeah, someone like Josh Dunkley or Jared Berry would probably play on him at stoppage and then, and then go from there. Uh, as I said, you guys going, I think, for seven in a row. Suns came off a, a big 70-point win over the Eagles last week. Do you feel sorry for the Eagles? Have They they haven't got enough fit players, have they? Well, they've got about 20, 20-something fit senior players. They're pulling blokes out of club footy. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I really do. I mean, uh, I, I know in the season, potentially before Faye got to the club or uh, it might have been the off-season that Faze actually arrived at the club. I think we had 17 or 18 players actually go in for surgery so who were carrying injuries throughout the whole year and just how difficult it was to keep a consistent team on the park and you can't build anything. You can't build any combinations because different personnel are coming in and out every single week. So, yeah, I really do feel for the Eagles. They've had a, a pretty difficult last couple of years. Um, they've got some fantastic players over there that are probably just hoping for a break from the injury gods and I'm hoping that they can they can start climbing that ladder again. But, um, yeah, it's, it's certainly difficult when you've got so many key personnel, like key personnel um, out mm. um, and injured. Yeah, beauty. Hey, do you follow the, the quaffle at all? Do you, you watch much of that still? Yeah, every now and then. Well, now that Mitch Robinson's down playing at Morningside and obviously still follow Broadbeach a little bit and we've had ex-teammates go down and play at Labrador and, and float through the competition. You, you keep an eye on it every now and again. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. I like I like getting to Labrador, having a couple of beers at Cook Murphy on a on a Saturday afternoon watching the boys. I don't appreciate getting text messages from Jake, though, uh, <laughs> after they get beaten by Palm Beach. Let's quickly go through those fixtures, mate. We'll let you go. And, and speaking of Robinson, his name's dead to us. You've done a great job filling in for him this morning, mate. So... We appreciate that. Labrador, boys, they should get the job done against Noosa at Cook Murphy. Oh, well, going on their form, I'm not too sure, Jase. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Seriously. Honest, mate, See, hey? what's the – I mean, uh, what's the does everyone who, – Does everyone who plays for Noosa, Zorks, wear white boots? Can you confirm that? Uh, it, it, 
It seems like a nooser thing to do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of water, so. waters, it's chai lattes at, uh, at quarter yeah. time. Who wins that? Labrador? Yeah, fair yeah, to say? They, sh- they should, yes. Okay, Maroochydore play Wilston Grange at Upton Oval. Who wins that? Whoa, that's a tough one, mate. I'm going to go Maroochydore. Rightio. Mount Gravatt versus Sherwood. Uh, Gravatt. All right, Redland, Vic Point are up against Aspley. Good game. Yeah, great game, great game. Um, Vic Point still undefeated, mate, so let's uh, let's get behind them. How's this? Robbo is taking on your old team, Brody, this week. Uh, uh, Zorks, can Brody get the job done? Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll take care of Robbo in, in the morning side of Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can he describe how? No, we better not go into that. And Palmy are at home. It's the Battle <laughs> of the Beaches. Palmy versus Surfers. Who wins this? A Palmy uh, back. Um, I don't know, mate. We had uh, David on the show last week. We might have to give him a call and, and find out. But um, judging on the last week's performance, I'm going to go with Palmy on this one. Righty, yeah. bounce down for all games. Two o'clock uh, this afternoon. Zorks, good luck for your game. 7.30 tonight, not 7.25. That's when the SEN coverage starts. But bounce down is 7.30 uh, tonight at the Gabba. Should be a good crowd, Zorks. And Mate, you're you're alleged. Thanks for filling the uh, the the small hole of Mitch Robinson this morning, uh, and good luck tonight against the Suns, mate. Uh, good stuff, boys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good man, Dane Zorko. Big part of the uh, SEN team here, Jake. Uh, always hear him on Patton Hills and. What's various... his role, Jace? What's what's he what's he involved in? Uh, just yeah. celebrity. Just just a call in and that just no he calls in every week he fills in yeah. on the breakfast show he, oh that's right I've he, seen that yeah. he calls some footy for us as well so I think he's uh, he's going to be all right when he finishes uh, his footy his uh, his days of playing footy by the way just yeah, on that he speaks well he does but and he's a really nice bloke uh, where's a size small t shirt though I don't trust guys who wear a size small <laughs> uh, heading to Q Clash twenty four this Saturday make sure you download the SCN app to hear the pre game show from five the game itself. And the post-game show where you can have your say. Download the app from iTunes or Google Play. And that's our AFL update. Season 2023 Regos are open for NAB, AFL, Auskick and club football. Sign up at play.afl forward slash Auskick. Hey, coming up next, we're going to talk about rental prices and the availability of rental places. Apparently, it's there's more. We'll find out next here on Saturdays in the Southeast. Considering a buyer's agent? Visit edwardspropertyco.com.au. This is SEN Saturdays in the Southeast. It's all about health, wealth, and footy. Let SW Brokerage help you meet your financial goals. This is Saturdays in the Southeast on SEN. Yeah, welcome back to it. Uh, Jake Edwards, Jason Matthews here this morning. I hope you're enjoying the start to your weekend. Time to get into our uh, wealth segment. And, geez, um, uh, property, and you know a lot about it, Jake, because it's how you make your living at Edwards Property & Co. Uh, it's just the hot topic at the moment. Um, I love it. I love property. But, you know, there's two tales out there. There's ownership with interest rates going through the roof. Uh, and there's also renters with rent prices going through the roof and also availability. They're, they seem to be the two big issues at the moment, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, every week there's always a new story or a new headline just to how challenging it is at the moment, Jace. So I'm looking forward to chatting to the guests we've got on the line. Yes, Cameron Kusher is joining us right now, the Prop Track Director 
and economic researcher joining us on the line. G'day, Cameron. G'day, how are you? Good. I see a uh, I see an article that came out I- I during the week that Brisbane's vacancy rate has increased by 0.10 of a percent to sit at 1.22 percent. I, I want how how does all of a sudden it go up? Have people died and there's more properties available, or all of a sudden there's just more properties available that have just been finished completion with you know, uh, being built. How, how does it go up like that? It, I mean, the move has been very, very moderate. Um, but, but basically what's happening is there's just a little bit more availability of properties for rent. But this is basically because you're measuring how many are occupied and, you know, people are transitioning through rental properties. I think you go out and talk to any uh, property manager, they say the market is still extremely tight and there's not a lot of availability of rental stock. So we've been hearing there's a lot of there's not a lot of stock around, right? But and that's that's yeah. that's the question I'm asking. How how has the amount of stock gone up when the population's not decreasing? I just I don't I can't get my head yeah, so around if, that. Yeah, I mean th- th- there's reasons you might find that people that had short term rental properties are now putting them into the long term bucket. You right. might find that. People, investors have purchased properties that weren't previously investment properties. Um, you know, people pull properties out of the rental market and put them back in to do renovation. So there's all kinds of things gotcha. like that can, that can affect things. But I think, I think the broader point, though, is that the rental market is extremely tight. So we saw in April the total number of properties available for rent was 5.4% higher than it was 12 months ago. But in saying that, the number of properties available for rent in Brisbane has fallen 42% uh, since the start of the pandemic. So it's an extremely tight rental market. We're looking at an almost record low number of properties available for rent. It's just that it's slightly higher than it was 12 months ago. Okay. So, so Cameron, let's just focus on the Brisbane uh, rental market here. What, what, what is the average rental price, say, for a, a two-bedroom unit uh, suburbs close to the Brisbane city area? Yeah, so typical rent for a unit uh, at the moment in Brisbane is uh, $470 a week. Um, if we look in, in certain different regions of Brisbane, so if you're looking uh, in the Brisbane inner city, for example, you're typically going to be paying $520 a week. If you're looking in the western suburbs, $490 a week and, uh, for a unit. And then obviously if you go further out, uh, you pay less than that. In terms of what you'd pay for a house in Brisbane, uh, a typical house in Brisbane to rent at the moment is $560 a week. Again, if you come in closer to the city, you're going to be paying a lot more than that. You, you're looking at $720 a week to rent a house in the inner city, $650 in the in the western suburbs, uh, and then you know out of, even out of Ipswich and Bo, Logan Bow Desert and places like that at the moment, you're still looking at $500 a week to rent a house. So we have seen really strong growth in rents, uh, particularly in those outer areas throughout the pandemic. So do you have a couple of suburbs in, in mind, Cameron, as a suggestion where people should start um, from availability point of view, which is a good entry point for, say, a, you know, a, a young couple that are looking to, to rent at the moment? So it's, it's very difficult. Um, I think that the best advice basically is um, prices are a lot cheaper for units as opposed to houses. If, if you want a house, though, really, it's all about moving 
walking further away from the city. During the pandemic, people wanted to be close, uh, wanted to have more space. They were happy to move further away. Now that we're living with COVID, most people want to be close to the city, close to all that amenity. So your best chance is to move further out to places like Ipswich, um, Logan City, uh, even out towards Caboolture, um, places like that. That's where you're going to get the cheapest rents, but it's also where there is a little bit more availability of rentals at the moment um, compared to the inner city because inner city areas, uh, particularly those near universities and close to the CBD, there is just so much competition and nowhere near enough stock available. And then you've got to battle the wonderful traffic to get into the city if you if you work into the city. Um, yeah. I do that a couple of days a week, uh, heading up to uh, Brizzy for work. I live on the Gold Coast. How does the Brisbane market compare to the Gold Coast when you're looking at rental amounts? Because I, 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 I keep my eye, obviously, on the rental market on the Goldie, and the prices seem to be astronomical. They are. So you pay even more on the Gold Coast. So for a, for a house at the moment, the median rent is $760 a week. Um, so that is higher than any region in Brisbane. And the rent for a unit is 620 a week, also higher than any region in Brisbane. So, you know, it's not like you can go to the Gold Coast and get cheaper rents. Uh, you're paying a premium to be on the on the Gold Coast. So it is it is very tough in southeast Queensland to find affordable rentals at the moment. What's the fix? More supply. Uh, well, more supply or less demand. Um, now, we're pretty unlikely to get less demand because we open reopen the international borders. We know yep. a lot of people are migrating into the country. Yep. Um, you can get less demand by getting more people to buy their first home and leave the rental market, but interest rates are much higher. People can't borrow anywhere near as much. Um, the other side of this is obviously supply. The quickest way to get more supply is to get more people investing in property. Um, but higher interest rates reduce the amount that you can buy, borrow for an additional property. So it makes it harder for investors to enter. Investors are also charged higher interest rates than owner-occupiers. Um, and in longer term, it's all about building more homes. Um, if we had enough homes landlords would not have the scope to put up rents like they are at the moment. It's just that there isn't enough housing stock available and, uh, and, and landlords are well within their rights to put up, put up rents in a market like this when their costs are rising as well. And it's a catch-22, isn't it? Like I work uh, in the industry on a daily basis, Cameron, and a few of my clients are builders and you know, they want to build and they want to acquire land and they want to build duplexes and units and townhomes and that. But... The cost of building at the moment with materials doesn't seem to be declining uh, any time soon. And then there's labour costs on top of that. And then, you know, then you've actually got the actual challenge with the interest rates and, and so forth. So it, it really is a bit of a, a cash 22 right now, isn't it? It is. Um, I mean, every day in the news, there's stories of, of builders and large builders um, going into administration. Um, as you said, you know, Builders, the costs are going up a lot. It's hard to get trades. And, and a lot of people that build residential property are building on very thin margins. So it's a real tough business. And that's one of the challenges. We need more supply. But, um, you know, it's very hard to see where that supply is going to come come from, given the current situation. Well, it, it, so, yeah. Sorry, sorry it's, it's all right. It, it just comes back to my point around uh, working with clients, helping educate them around property prices here in, in Brisbane, because... 
It, it, from what I see, in certain areas, especially on the Gold Coast and, and southeast Brisbane, prices are still holding strong for that reason when we've got low stock, we've got high demand. Um, and what I think what we'll find is investors now will start circling and trying to find these properties that are close to the universities where it makes sense from a numbers point of view. I can't see property prices declining uh, anymore over the next six months. Cameron, do you, do you have a position on, on what that impact will have to your general median house prices? Yeah, so our view, I mean, we were at the start of the year forecasting prices in Brisbane to fall around 7 to 10%. But the problem at the moment is there's nothing available for sale. And, and that mm. forecast was kind of predicated on more properties becoming available for sale. When we go out and talk to real estate agents, the feedback they're getting from vendors is, I can sell my property, no problem, but there's nothing to buy uh, and there's nothing to rent. So where am I going to go? And yeah. that's why we're seeing that low volume of, of stock and that's why we've started to see prices bounce. So unless there is a big influx of properties coming to the market for sale, uh, I think we're going to continue to see prices rising, um, which is obviously... You know, for people that own a home, they like to see the price of their home going up. But for people that are renting and are aspiring to own a home, the cost of rent's going up a lot. It's harder for them to save a deposit. And then the price of buying a property is, is starting to rise as well. Mm. I would say that we are, there are some, the, the trends are a little bit interesting. So we are seeing uh, prices rising in certain areas, but we're not seeing the same strength elsewhere. So if we look in, in Brisbane, for example, uh, over the last three months, you know, the eastern suburbs of Brisbane, so that's out around Wynnum, uh, has seen prices rise. Uh, the inner cities, though, where we're seeing the biggest increase in prices, they're up 1.9%, whereas you go to the more affordable outer areas, uh, we've either seen prices fall marginally or only grow very marginally. So the trends are quite different uh, depending on where you are. I know we talked about the Gold Coast before. Prices on the Gold Coast over the past three months are up one and a half percent. So, That's incredible. you know, a pretty strong bounce in prices there too. Yeah, righty. Well, listen, this was starting out as a very positive chat about uh, Brisbane's vacancy rate has increased. <laughs> and now I feel depressed about the cost of uh, housing uh, around the southeast Queensland. Just joking. Uh, Cameron Kusher, thanks for your time, mate. It's it's, and it's going to change every quarter too. This is just – it's based on interest rates going up and coming down. And, and again, you're right about the amount of property that is available to, to live in. Uh, Cameron, from Prop uh, Track Director, uh, economic Director of Economic Researcher, uh, thanks for your time on Saturdays in the Southeast, mate. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No worries. Yeah. Don't forget to grow your wealth with uh, a trusted – Financial specialist from SW Brokerage. That's the SWB way. Break time. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show. This is Saturdays in the Southeast on SCN. Considering a buyer's agent? Visit edwardspropertyco.com.au. This is SEN Saturdays in the Southeast with Jake Edwards and Jason Matthews. It's all about health, wealth, and footy. Considering a buyer's agent? Visit edwardspropertyco.com.au. This is SEN Saturdays in the Southeast. It's all about health, wealth, and footy. Yeah, welcome back to it. SENQ listeners through 693am in Brisbane and 1620 uh, SEN on the Gold Coast. Hello to you. I hope your weekend's getting off to a, 
a good start. Jason Matthews and Jake Edwards here for Saturdays in the southeast. About to uh, wrap this up and, and get on with a busy Saturday, Jakey. But before we do go, we mentioned off the top of the show, Alistair Clarkson resigning as the North Melbourne Football Club. Um, still struggling in relation to that investigation that was launched last year by the AFL uh, with regards to the handling of Indigenous players. It's just taken a toll on him, hasn't it? Oh, look at where we are. You know, he's had to step away from the football club, having a conversation with his wife and the president to make that call uh, is no doubt a, an extremely tough one. But what are your views on it, Jason? What, what do you think's taken place? And um, I guess how are we here where we are now? Well, there's some reports put out, and I'm not going to go too much detail onto that. Um, there was an investigation launched by the AFL straight straight away. Um, both both coaches um, stepped away from their roles initially as the investigation was uh, underway. They both they both you know said they're innocent of all allegations, and I was under the impression that this would have been sorted out pretty quickly by the AFL. Um, and, and in fact, I thought it was meant to be all wrapped up uh, with a bow on it by Christmas time, but it's still dragging on, and this is still hanging over the heads of these coaches who have been accused of mishandling players uh, in their teams. And both these coaches strongly deny this. But the, I think the issue now lays with the, with the AFL and saying, listen, we've got to wrap this up quickly because these, these allegations are hanging over two of our senior coaches in the game. Um, there's different stories floating around. We've got to knock this on the head and, and sort this out ASAP. And I thought it was all going to be done by Christmas. You know what? I actually forgot about it. I didn't know it was still mm. lingering. But yeah. clearly, clearly it must be. And it's having that effect on Alistair Clarkson's, you know, health and wealth. And on I hope the AFL or whoever's running the investigation, I think it's an independent committee from, from what I remember. Whoever's running the investigation, I hope they, right. they get to it now and – and wrap it up so um, uh, action can be taken if that's the case or people's names can be cleared as well. And I, I think that's pretty important for everyone involved. Oh, it's extremely important. I mean, obviously, Alistair, he denies the claims that have been put forward, which we don't know into full detail what they are. But you've got a man sitting here who's been accused of something um, that is strongly denying it and has a, hasn't had the due process to sit in front of this panel, which now we're nine months into this process and you know I, I can fully understand him having to step away at this point in time saying oh, I just need to go away and and uh, and take a bit of a break because mentally I'm, I'm not dealing with what's coming my way because nine months is a long time in the media for these in these invest this investigation and these allegations are quite serious and of course it's going to take a toll on him uh, and those involved so yeah it is it's frustrating the AFL really need to pull their finger out and and get on the front foot here and I, I don't think since we've come to this point now with Alistair stepping aside, I, I don't think or have heard from the AFL giving an update as to where we're at and what the next steps are. Yeah. And it, it's that's the frustrating thing. You're spot on, mate. It's it's not right. It's not fair. Uh, even the Indigenous players involved, it's on their side too. I'm sure they want a closure to this. Everyone and, wants closure. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone wants closure on this as mm. well. I, I think... Um, it's just not limited to AFL. We, we've seen something that's come out this week too in the NRL, uh, Luciano uh, Leilua, who plays for uh, the Cowboys in Townsville. He was on charges of domestic violence. 
Now, those charges have been withdrawn. So he's – and they have a stand-down policy in the NRL, so I'm not sure if you're aware of that. So uh, depending on the seriousness of the charge, um, you can't play. You can't play the game until you've had your day in court or the investigation has cleared you. So those charges were withdrawn. And then the NRL comes out yesterday with a media release saying we're still um, – the charges have been withdrawn – uh, he's on the extended list for the Cowboys, but we're still completing our investigation. Well, they knew about it for nine months. Mm, <laughs> nine no, months. Like, yeah. they should be putting out a media release saying charges have been withdrawn uh, and we've completed our investigation. You know, I so- would have th- yeah, I, I would have thought charges being withdrawn from the police, I'm assuming, that at that end would be enough not to sure, suggest... But- yeah, that. Um... But they want to know whether he's actually breached any of the NRL player rules. And but again, you've had nine months. You've had nine months to investigate. Mm-hmm. You've got to do what's good for the players and the coaches in the game, um, because they are the game. Let's be honest. People watch footy for the players and the coaching and all that sort of stuff. Get your stuff together, codes. Make sure you've got everything lined up. If you're doing an investigation, do a quick investigation. Unless it takes a longer period of time, then update the public. Update yeah. update everyone and say, listen, the, the investigation is still ongoing. We'll have more information whenever. The, the final thing on this, Jason, I want to mention is that we live in a world now where we're fast on our phones, it's clickbait, it's a headline, and I get stories need to have that to attract attention. That's how a media outlet gets eyes on on articles and networks. And, you know, it's an important role. But there has to be something. And I've seen this play out in my personal life as well when I was in the media uh, quite heavily a couple of years ago when sometimes you were sitting there. Sometimes I was sitting there and if I was to reply or defend myself on anything that was written, you almost become an even harder target or a stronger target for those who have their opinions online socially. And it's a really difficult environment to be in when you know that things are being written about you that aren't true. Um, and you do. You're forced to be the person who goes, well, it's it's not true, but I don't have a chance to respond here. Mm. And I know for a fact there are journalists out there who clearly only focus on writing one element or components of a story to drive attention to an article, which when you read it, it actually doesn't even uncover even close to what the headline is suggesting it does. Yeah. and. There needs to be some accountability uh, at some level. Um, not saying it happens across all industries of journalism, but I absolutely know that it happens. And Alistair, no doubt, has, has experienced that to some degree. And his mental health now is at a point where that's the priority and he's had to step away, which is a really sad um, eventuation of what's taken place because the AFL, you're right, need to have taken a stronger um stance in having this sorted a long time ago. Yeah, well, hopefully this will spur them on to uh, find out where this investigation's at and get some closure on this. Um, With regards to the reporting of this, certainly not suggesting that it's a clickbait article, because it's not. But, um, yeah, I understand what what you're saying. That's why I'm not a big fan of sports journalists, for for starters. Anyway, we'll move on from that. Uh, What are we looking forward to this weekend, mate? Before we go, we're wrapping up the show now. What are you looking forward to? Uh, Well, the Kings take on last year's grand finalist, uh, the Bean Lee uh, Buffaloes. So we'll be playing them this (laughs) afternoon, mate. Looking forward to it. Good luck. What about you? Oh, of course, Q Clash tonight. Mm. Uh, And I'll be back on SCN this afternoon with Scott Sattler and Matt Rogers for Crunch Time NRL and Let It Ride. Five hours of footy 
and horse racing. It is heaven. And if you're heading to the Q Clash 24 tonight, make sure you download the SEN app to hear the pre-game show from 5. Uh, the game itself and post-game show where you can have your say. Download the app from iTunes or Google Play. Have a good weekend, mate. Enjoy the rest of it. And too, we'll, we'll be back uh, next Saturday. Saturdays in the southeast on SCNQ, 693 AM and 1620 on The Goldie. See ya. Considering a buyer's agent? Visit edwardspropertyco.com.au. This is SEN Saturdays in the Southeast with Jake Edwards and Jason Matthews. It's all about health, wealth, and footy.